Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to Film Detectives episode 26, as Elliot has just told me. And do we have a special treat today? Another incredible guest is joining us. He is the director, editor, and cinematographer of the absolutely incredible documentary, Alice Street. Spencer Wilkinson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Welcome, for being Spencer. Here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. Good to have you on the show. Uh, so let's kick things off. First question would be: What are some of your influences growing up that influenced you to follow a career in film? You know, um, it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I think that I kind of approached film from a non-traditional background. Um, I was actually. Um, really pulled into a community um, work um, out of college. You know, I went to college here in, in California and kind of right out of school, uh, got a job doing more kind of community-based social work. And um, so my entry into filmmaking was really f- from more of that lens, that, that foundation. Um, and that really informs uh, my documentary filmmaking. So, you know, I could say... Um, you know, films that stand out for me growing up. You know, I saw Hoop Dreams when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And Classic. I think um, <laughs> seeing, you know, the arc of storytelling, you know, uh, within a documentary that could follow like a whole, you know, a young person growing up, you know, following their story and what what occurred, you know, what were some of the key, you know, influences in their life that, that led to their, you know, career and or lack of career in basketball in this case mm-hmm. um was informative uh, a lot of michael moore documentaries you know um i stand out but yeah i would say it's more kind of the the, the work that i did that really uh, was uh, my inspiration for getting into filmmaking mm. so you you would say that that's kind of why you led more towards like doing documentaries and things like that was because of the that what you were doing yeah, definitely. It was um, just being exposed to, you know, stories of, for example, I was working with young people in San Francisco, in Oakland, uh, who were really living on kind of the, the fringes of, uh, on the margins of society. You know, these mm-hmm. are young people who were on probation and pro- parole, uh, mm-hmm. homeless at times. Um, and I was working with them as kind of a, a case manager type of a, a role oh. or a social worker. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing their stories and hearing what they'd gone through, um, you know, and trying to counsel them through these really challenging um, situations in their life made me realize how rich kind of the, the their stories of going through these adverse the adversity uh, mm-hmm. was um and inspired me to to become more of a storytelling side of mm-hmm. uh, of of the work and so i kind of see my filmmaking as almost an extension of you know the community-based work that i was doing prior to to, to launching a kind of filmmaking career i think that really comes through in the film because you're getting all these different viewpoints of just one kind of event that happens in the community of Oakland and of what happens at 14th and Alice street and the building of the mural. And I love that you kind of tie in like almost three or four different types of uh, story threads. And then they are all are anchored by the mural itself because it's basically mural art is like a blending of 
it's a reflection of the community itself, not as well as uh, the artists who make it as well, because what influences them, what really drives them to produce their art as well. Um, and I, I think it, it really comes through in this particular film because you have, you know, dance, you have music, you have um, painting, you have all, all sorts of different art forms but they're all kind of culminated in this particular art piece that is going on. And then the conflict of the impending uh, build of uh, the, what is it? The 14 story or uh, the, the apartment complex, apartment complex thing. Um, that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically kind of the adversary to this kind of culmination of art and artistic uh, imagination and, and uh, vision as well and, and then also the people that were opposed to it as well because i, I mean you mm -hmm. have the, the one woman that doesn't they remains you know anonymous throughout but Jane she Dale. has very strict <laughs> like a viewpoint of what she thinks of the mural and what she thinks it should be so yeah. i'm sure there was even more people than that that you know just expressed their disdain but also as in the as in the film you see there's so many that are also just just there's so much joy and and love and happiness expressed just from just from putting something on a wall and i i think that's a beautiful thing that's what i love about art that you can you can tell so many stories i mean we're looking at it behind you right now you can tell so mm -hmm. many stories just by putting something on a wall and it can connect with so many people that empathize and understand you know that time and and it relates to them and i think that's just such a beautiful thing about art in general yeah you know uh what you mentioned in terms of kind of engaging the community and allowing the community voice to come through that was definitely kind of our approach uh for mm -hmm. the film was that it was important to get um the voices of community and kind of allow them to be the storytellers um and there is a lot of voices, and in some ways, that's kind of a challenging thing to 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 pull together a lot of voices to tell a story. Okay. A lot of documentaries rely on maybe you know a character led. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a storytelling is one or two, maybe three voices that kind of you know. But in this case, there's a lot more than that in our film. Um, but it was reflecting kind of the nature of the story. As you can see on the wall behind me, or you know, on the mural uh, behind me here, there's just so many images of kind of like diverse artists that make up the the, the neighborhood where the story took place. And so it was important mm -hmm. to us to really include uh, a lot of those voices uh, within the story. So I'm, you know, glad it came across, so, you know, in a way that people could continue to be able to follow the narrative. Uh, but it was kind of a challenge to figure out like, you know, whose voice can we in include, you know, how, who do we have to like, perhaps leave out, you know, um, and then ha you have to have the detractors as well. You know, like you mentioned, you know, the people who are like against it. Yeah. Well, I saw your whole process of, you know, sitting down with everyone and being like, well, we should put this and you know, you had that, well, this wouldn't be right for us. Like this wouldn't honor us because of this. I, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm sure even more than what you showed on screen, the process of making sure you honored these people and the correct people in the right way. Ultimately, too, uh, on on the our two artists, the the amount of pressure just to to be able to take something that's so sacred and and very fragile and put it up and and make it something that people would be you know 
excited and and really thankful for and that would reflect what they wanted was i can't even imagine the just the the weight and the task that was overall and you captured a lot of that in the in the documentary which i thought was a beautiful thing to see how uh it kind of you know from conception to the very end project and to see everybody how you know how they all reacted to it i thought that was just a beautiful a beautiful culmination overall well, it's interesting. Yeah, you bring up the, the two artists. And in a way, I, I think about this film as almost like it's a, almost like a mural, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of the telling of a story. It's just yeah. a different medium. Um, but the same kind of issues that came up for the artists in terms of, you know, where do you place people? How do you tell an actual narrative within the story of these four walls? So the wall you see is one of four. Um, yeah. And in a way, they're almost kind of like, um, each of them have their own story, but they go in sequence. Right. And similarly to the editing of a, of a documentary, you know, you're mm-hmm. deciding, you know, who are your characters? How do you tie everyone together um, in a way where you include as many as you can, but also, you know, the, the overall art of, the, of the, the image, you know, in this case, the mural um, has to be cohesive and has to be... Um, you, you have to be able to kind of be drawn in and, and, and look at, at the different characters um, in a way that's not jumbled and, and crowded. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it is an interesting kind of parallel in that, in that respects. Yeah. Um, like how did the project kind of come about? Cause I know you've worked with the artists before that, the two artists, the two mural artists in this particular film uh, before. And so how did the project kind of come about? And how did you like get the funding and how did you go about shooting this particular project? Yeah. So I, I actually had known one of the artists uh, previous to the, um, their project beginning just through, again, like I mentioned, this kind of community-based work that I had done. Um, we just kind of knew each other in passing, you know, Oakland and the Bay Area. It's, it's you know, big uh, kind of city, but it's also a small community when you, when it comes to that type of a work, mm-hmm. uh, type of work. And so, um, yeah, I'd met Desi, who's one of the lead artists on the, on the mural, uh, prior to the projects. And he just kind of let me know they're about to start something really big. And I happen to be living right on Alice, Alice street, um, the name of the film, right? I was living mm-hmm. on Alice street yeah. and found out that he and uh, the other, uh, painter, Pancho Pescador, were going to be joining forces to create this piece. They had just gotten access to the largest based, you know, canvas they'd ever uh, attempted. And it was literally two blocks from my house. So um, I had what, you know, in this case, great access. Yeah. It was like right place, (laughs) right time. (laughs) Yeah. Great access to the the characters um, through my previous kind of um, knowing one of them, as well as to the actual site where the mural would take place. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, you know, um, taking on the project was a little bit selfish, I could say, because, you know, it was a chance for me to really get to know my community in a much more right. profound way by interviewing these uh, longstanding um, community artists and, uh, um, you know, cultural historians uh, from Oakland to get mm-hmm. to know my own community in that way. So in terms of shooting, you know, it was a long process the film mm-hmm. began we began shooting at the very end of 2013 wow. and um ended in 2019 so it was like a six-year production process yeah. and that was partly due to you know just the nature of 
you know, getting the funding for them in the, in the first case to be able to paint the mural, mm-hmm. coming up with the design, shredding the design, coming up with a new design, mm-hmm. bringing the design back to the community, having them kind of tear it apart. Um, yeah. And then also getting access to the walls themselves from all of those different property owners. It was a whole kind of process, mm-hmm. um, you know, up until the point of, um, you know, I don't want to give away what happens in the film, but um, there's this real tension around the possibility of a luxury condominium being uh, built in front of the wall. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we wanted to show really the story from start to finish. And so, and then, you know, also, like you mentioned, fundraising, mm-hmm. right, to actually make this film that t- took so long, we had to uh, continually raise funds primarily from grants um, uh, to, to tell the story properly. And so, that also was part of the duration of, of the, the, the production schedule was based on us being able to raise funds to, to make it. And um, yeah, it was all grant funded start to finish. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's amazing. 12, 15 different grants we had to, you know, raise to be able to make it. Wow. Well, one thing I was curious about, you know, how I was having a conversation with Elliot about this, each city, I feel like uh, in America and around the world for that matter has its street art, its graffiti, its murals, mm-hmm. And each one kind of is unique to that city, right? I feel like it kind of gives that city its identity. Did you have any connection prior to uh, doing Alice Street and this mural with the the street art in Oakland or anything like that? Or did you have any connection to street art in general? You know, I paid attention. I always pay attention. You know, I think even, you know, there's certain people I think who would just kind of notice, you know, graffiti art and just kind of think about it as like blight or just scribbles on a wall. Whereas I think even as a kid growing up, I grew up in, in uh, LA, uh, went to high school in, in Los Angeles. And so I was always exposed to, you know, tags and, and pieces, and I was just drawn to the art. Um, so, you know, I was curious, what, what did it, you know, who, whose name was that? You know, can, and sometimes it's difficult to tell, you know, what, what is that word? Who is it? Who, because it all, it, these are all people who are going out and, and creating these artworks, some better than others. Um, and I think I've always been in a way like kind of a graffiti connoisseur um, and, you know, knew some of the artists who were painting large scale murals, but a lot of them are, you know, kind of these mythical, you know, characters out there um, painting so I wasn't so familiar with all of the artists in, in Oakland, but uh, paid a lot of attention mm-hmm. um, uh, to mural art. I did have a real fascination, too, with kind of the Mexican muralist movement, um, <laughs> knowing about, a little bit about that history. You know, there was so much uh, innovation to the art form that came out of Mexico, with Diego mm-hmm. Rivera and mm-hmm. um, Siqueiros, Orozco, all these great names of like master painters, you know, and their their techniques that they used to create murals back when there wasn't things like, you know, projection um, are used still today. Um, So I think I've always had a fascination with the art form and this was a chance to really get to know it better and, and understand the process. Yeah. I, I love that you use the word mythical because when I think about uh, mural artists or street artists or graffiti artists, whatever you you know term you want to use, you never you always see the work, but you hardly ever never see the them artist. doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about Alice Street. I, I see you seeing a couple shots that they're working during the night. Um, <clears throat> what was typically like their their schedule for working on the mural? Like how long it, during the day or night did they work? 
Well, the night was really about projection. Mm -hmm. um, to project the image with just a, a typical, you know, film projector. Um, you know, these are the scale of these walls are, you know, sometimes, you know, six floors or four floors. Yeah. And um, so you have to get a projector that has a wide reach. And um, that's in order to just get the outline of primary characters and shapes. Right. It's really just rudimentary, just getting a sense of scale and composition. So those tip, those sessions would typically last a couple of nights, you know, and it's really all night, you know, from, wow. from dusk until dawn, they're up there just kind of, wow. and there's a lot of like issues along the way <laughs> where the power went out, where do we yeah. even plug in late at night? Um, oh shoot, the projector like moved a couple mm -hmm. of inches and now our entire image is off. So there was a lot of like, kind of like, um, you know, problems that happened. I didn't necessarily include a lot of that stuff, but it was definitely entertaining for me to watch them <laughs> work through it. It was fascinating in terms of the days and like schedule in terms of completion. Each of those walls took at least a month to complete. Wow. And, um, you know, every day, Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, they'd be out there uh, working basically from, from dawn until dusk. And is you it know, just to, to teams of two? Time. Is it just teams of two or like how big are the teams usually that go yeah, out? Typically it's those two lead artists that were working that's on the mural. That's, wow. that's crazy. And sometimes they would have assistants come out and kind yeah. of paint a little bit here and there. Like students that they were working with would come out and, and contribute. Um, it, but yeah, it was primarily just the two of them just working. You know, it's their job. That's their, that's their employment. That's their career. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, yeah. did they have, I, cause I know in some of the shots you have people dancing and singing and have, was there always a crowd they attracted or was it pretty relaxed a lot of the time? Um, yeah, usually it'd be kind of pretty low key, but you know, um, it's a, a fairly high traffic intersection in downtown Oakland. So you never really knew what was going to take place day to day. Um, there definitely could be some, but you know, spontaneously, breaking out a drum they you know and all of this is taking place right across the street say, from yeah. one of the most vibrant um important cultural centers for african diasporic arts and dance in mm -hmm. the country mm -hmm. the malanga cascalord center for the arts yeah. so um you're constantly hearing drumming from the classrooms across the street and then the, on the other um, side of the street and also featured in the film is Hotel Oakland, uh, which mm -hmm. is a, you know, building that was built in, you know, the 19 teens in Oakland as a, one of the most premier hotels for, you know, housing American presidents when they would come into town or all the celebrities of the time. And now it's a home for low-income, primarily uh, Chinese immigrant seniors. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a massive hotel, you know, I think 300 apartments. Um, so about a 500 or 600 um, person um, senior center. And from there, you would also hear some music at times, um, hmm. you know, playing, you know, traditional flutes out of the windows to kind of like help accompany the, the muralists as they're painting. Hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of sights and sounds that, that occurred in any given day. And again, you know, I lived right down the street, so I'd be walking down with my GoPro in the morning, <laughs> setting it up for time lapse and, uh, you know, coming back in the afternoon to change batteries and, you know, witness a lot of those kind of like, you know, day to day happenings. Hmm. 
Well, I love the fact that you also showed the blending of Chinese uh, American as well as African American cultures, and it's it's such a melting pot of different cultures in Oakland, uh, especially this particular area and such. So, I, and I love that one of the Chinese elders says that you know that we may not speak the same language, but when we play music, it brings all people of all different races come together. And I thought that that was one of the moments in the film I think that really stood out to me because. That's so true. Music is such a unifying, and art in general is such a unifying mm -hmm. uh, across all cultures. It, it just unifies us, brings us closer together. Um, and the fact that we're still discussing this even after you know the sixty, the civil rights acts in the uh, in the sixties and the seventies, and all the social unrest that was happening then, we're still facing that to this day and we're still talking about these issues which brings me to the point of uh the film that also it brings up is the idea of gentrification and losing our history in a sense too because and you you have this question of you know are is the mural art worth keeping around and also like how what kind of art form is it really is it one that keeps the history alive or is it just street art that you know we can just kind of paint over type of thing so um what what are some of the uh kind of themes that the film brings up that i guess questions that gen the idea of gentrification i should say thanks you know, and I just have to reflect, you know, I can tell you guys I I... really watched this film. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I really appreciate the detail to which you're, you know, um, even bringing up quotes and mm -hmm. instances in the film. You know, it's it's an honor to, to make something and have someone really pay attention to it, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, in regards to um, gentrification and kind of the erasure of culture, um, it's a tremendous issue in Oakland. And um, that was part of the reason I really wanted to kind of make a film in the first place was that I was watching Oakland change like so quickly at such a rapid pace. Um, a lot of the mom and pop, you know, stores that we would go to and, you know, a lot of the kind of ethnic, you know, cultural foods, you know, restaurants that we just love going to were starting to shut down because they couldn't aff afford the rents. And a lot of the artists that lived right down the street were also really um, um, you know, threatened to, to, to have to leave. So it felt like this important, not only kind of chronicling what was there through documenting, but also as a tool to support the artists and activists who were really standing up to push back against um, almost kind of a city policy that was really just providing a green light for new developments that were having an adverse of impact on local residents that I wanted to document their work because it seemed really important to do something. And, you know, that was kind of my, you know, uh, weapon of choice, I guess, is, you know, having a camera and just showing up um, and documenting the movement as it was happening, felt like something I could contribute to the work that they were doing. Um, but really, it's the hard work of the activists that, you know, 
that's a lot. It's organized. I mean, these are all volunteers, right? Organizing with, with, uh, amongst each other, trying to come up with ideas, uh, recognizing that, you know, big city meetings are being planned and, mm-hmm. you know, local community members are not being invited. So they would just kind of have to show up themselves and maybe disrupt you know, oh yeah, that beautiful happening. scene where they're in there playing the yeah. yeah. I won't I won't spoil it, but you know what I'm no, talking yeah. about. No, yeah, I mean that, I think it happens in multiple scenes of the film yeah. where there's um, disruptions of of like city meetings, you know, and and it takes that level of courage. Yeah. You know, when you're watching a city meeting, you know who are the people who are actually going to stand up and say something, and not only say something when they're asked, you know, when they raise their hand, but actually walk up to the front of the room and say no. This mm-hmm. actually needs to stop and change the way you're going about this planning. It takes yeah. a lot of courage, a lot yeah. of organizing and strategizing. And so that that's something that really inspired me. And it's, you know, it's kind of part of Oakland's kind of cultural fabric. And what makes the city what it is, is that, you know, people, people stand up, you know, people push back, you know, from the Black Panthers on, you mm-hmm. know, there's a long history and, and tradition of strong community um voice and, and activism here so and that brings up an interesting i remember in the i believe it's the city council scene where they're all sitting at the table and and they're going over the vote to whether or not to approve uh the building of of the next you know the, the building or whatever right. uh most of them on that council if i do remember correctly are are white are all white and yeah was, and what was, I, which was well, really actually there's some diversity there yeah. there's um Actually, not to not to you know contradict what you're saying, but yeah, I mean because yeah. maybe I also you know the way it was shot, I mean, yeah. you're not seeing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the city council is fairly diverse. Um, okay, okay. Uh, maybe majority white, perhaps. Um, but you know, in this case, and this is actually the the planning department. Mm-hmm. This is the planning. This is the um, um, planning. I don't know. Planning advisory board is actually who we're seeing there, right? Mm. Because the city council is a different body in in this case. This is the planning advisory board who's, you know, um, having a meeting to, you know, have the developer present their their, um, projects and Mm. deciding whether or not to vote for it. So Mm -hmm. even though it's, you know, somewhat made up of some progressive people, Mm. it's just that Oakland is also dealing with coming out at this point in the in the story which is you know probably 2014 2015 mm-hmm. there was not much new development in downtown Oakland and there's a real need for bringing in new tax base to be able to fund things like the schools in Oakland right so it's a complex topic development is mm-hmm. very complex right. and in no way did i want to necessarily you know paint it as like a really like mm-hmm. you know evil developers versus like and it might have come across that way in the film. I, you know, I'll let you all judge that. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a complex topic, um, and you know, it was a unanimous decision by those um, planning department, um, you know, council members or whatnot, to to push forward with the project. It was unanimous, and because they at the time were just greenlining everything, but that's pro- also an issue with the city policy, right? There's nothing in place that kind of forces um tangible benefits to come from those developments and you know that becomes part of the story in a way is um you know the fighting for uh, community benefit agreements 
um, at, you know, near the end of the film, but um, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. I don't want to keep talking, but I just wanted to like, you know, at least bring up that piece that um, it, it very much is a complex topic. And, you know, even with diverse voices who are typically progressive, they're all greenlighting these projects because mm. they just see them as new income for the city. That, that's what I was kind of going to say. That's why I had a, a two-part question for you, basically. The first part is, uh, is so much rapid growth and development across the, I mean, honestly, across the U.S. at this point today, is it, is it too fast? And then the second part of that question is, when you go along with the arts and our culture and our history and things like that, how do we preserve that but also still advance forward with all this new development and growth as we as a society continues to grow bigger and bigger and more technological and and just as people we more and more people populate this this planet this is such great questions right these are great questions for all of us to answer i don't have the answer um <laughs> i figured i'd throw I, it out what, there <laughs> yeah no it's a great question and i think so many cities are are dealing with this issue which is part of the reason i think the film has actually been received so well Mm -hmm. um, across the country and even beyond. Like we had this great panel when we were at the London uh, Rocks Film Festival yeah. uh, with um, all these filmmakers from you know, Amsterdam and across Europe who were saying gentrification is rampant, running rampant, yeah. and it's impacting the culture and the art of all of these big cities throughout the world. So uh, we were just in South Korea in, in, in Seoul at the Architecture uh, Film Festival of Seoul and and I think similar topics are coming up all over the place around what development, the kind of, you know, double-pronged or whatever, um, multiple ways in which development can be seen as both positive as well as negative. Mm -hmm. um, I think what, what's really needed is that cities need to have, like I mentioned, policies in place that, that, that they're not just catering to outside you know, wealthy people in the housing that they develop. It can't just be this market rate luxury condominium housing that gets built in low-income communities mm -hmm. because it's it's displacing longtime residents. There's there's not enough kind of protections in place to be able to um, protect those that have been living there for a long period of time. And there's not enough housing being built for mixed you know, incomes. And, it, you know, in some ways, it's like I see these projects going up and I know it's based on, you know, what's, a, you know, possible for people to build, what's uh, profitable, you know, for large development corporations, what's the highest profit that they can make is by doing these luxury condos where, you know, it's you know, like cash cows. They're just mm -hmm. getting, you know, going to, they invest a certain amount of millions of dollars to build the thing. And then they're just reaping and reaping and reaping uh, year by year with, with the amount, you know, as higher rent as they charge, right? But, you know, it's also, it becomes these really segregated communities when you have these large, you know, luxury condominiums, they're not mixed income, you know, they're not made for the variety of community um, that live in, in the surrounding area. So I think there's something that needs to be changed around the policy on a city level, where they kind of um, restrict certain types of housing and ensure that housing is being built for everybody. Because it's, yeah, I think you're right. What you're saying is like, there's a, a trend right now, especially in larger cities, but now it's, I think, happening even in mid and small cities um, where um, 
you know, um, housing is being built specifically uh, with, well, it's, it's just getting trendy. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people are coming in, um, but, but the, the cities are not necessarily prepared for that um, large migration and large shifts of population. And, um, and yeah, I think it's just more based on, on, a, on a citywide policy level planning um, for, you know, mixed use. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's that's as much as I can come up with in the moment. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the fact that a lot of the time, uh, you know, the artists and also the lower income people tend to be left out of the equation a lot of the times with these builds, mm-hmm. and the fact that they the you know the people who are building don't really talk to the community. They just kind of come in, bulldoze it down, and you know with throw the money around type of thing. And it's, it's, it's sad because you're trying, you're basically erasing many years of history and, and culture and people's livelihood and displacing them or getting rid of their homes and such, you know, it's like, it's really sad. And I I mean, I see it in LA, I've seen it in Philadelphia. Uh, You know, we see it in Oakland, you know, it's like, it's, as Trevor said, it's, it's a trend that seems to be we're seeing it more because, well, a the population's growing to almost at bursting point, and in, in a sense, and we're you know like they're just trying to figure out ways to like house people, and the housing industry right now is just it's it's a mess. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. it's it's been like up up and down, and like it's it's crazy. So, um, I think the fact that uh, I, I think communication is just needed in this in this type mm-hmm. of uh, particular instance because then you could actually find a common need from both sides and actually be able to maybe improve upon and exp- you could still expand, but you won't be destroying people's livelihoods or their lives lives in in a sense. So. Yeah, and, and I, I love that the film brings that issue up and kind of leaves it to the viewer to make a decision on how they feel about it. Like, mm-hmm. are you for like the artists or and and the, the struggling uh, minority, or are you for like big business type of thing? That's kind of the issue I, I found that kind of was like the conflict in the film uh, that was presented so um yeah Yeah, definitely it's um but what you bring up about consultation and mm -hmm. who's consulted and who isn't Mm -hmm. i think is also a theme throughout the film yeah Mm -hmm. you know even from the muralists you know doing this deep dive exploration into the community bringing the, the the drawing of the mural back to the community getting their feedback you know it's like who do you invite to the table who do you not invite to the table we actually had this great screening in Calgary of all places uh, with an urban planning um, conference. And the discussion there was just so rich and interesting because these are the people who are kind of making these types of decisions all the time, like how to plan a city. And, you know, they brought up how even watching the film and, you know, getting a sense of who was being left out that they made them rethink about, how, who are they consulting for um, urban planning decisions? How are people being brought to the table around new developments? 
And they were like listening and thinking about this is like over a hundred urban planners watched the film mm-hmm. and had this amazing discussion. And so I think that what the theme you just brought up is just so critical. It's like people need to be invited, you know, to determine their own kind of fate and determine the, the future of their cities. Mm-hmm. And urban planning is now happening, I think, in a lot of ways in like these silos with, you know, these consultants from out of town who come and kind of create these processes. And a lot of people are left out. And, and that's why the cities are not necessarily reflecting the residents that have made the city what it is. And um, that's, that's a big theme. And it's important. Yeah. And that's, that's why I love the, you know, the film in general. And I think you can kind of compare it to the film industry in a way, just the, the whole story that's going on in Alice street. You have you, who is a, a, a docu, you know, you're doing a documentary that's not going to be, you know, the big blockbuster that everybody's going to go see. Right. But that's not what it's meant to be. It's meant to be something that really gets people, you know, like asking questions and really thinking about things. And we're seeing like an influx of that in the film industry, which Elliot and I, that's what we cover basically, is that we have all these now small filmmakers (laughs) and and everything that are creating and being able to make content because they have such an easy ability. I mean, we could pick up our phones and start shooting something, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you may, you know, we could shoot a documentary, but of course we need, you know, to plan it out and everything, but I could go outside and shoot right now and upload it and, you know, people all over the world could see it. And that's what I love. It's kind of the similar thing, right? With with an Alice Street, you have the the big people that are, you know, trying to push forward with the creation of all these, you know, just to, to get the money flowing. Like you said, you know, they were just green lighting everything. And that's kind of where this is this is my comparison to my head. This is what I'm thinking. You can let me know if it makes sense in a minute. But so all those people there are your, you know, your big, your big five, right? Or however many there are now. I forget. But they're all your big production companies. And then you have you know, all the artists and the smaller creators that are slowly but surely coming to more of a forefront in in the scene. And that's, that's what I believe Alice Street is trying to say too, is like, you know, with all this culture and and beauty and just all these generations of people uh, put on this wall and, and to honor so many different people and also honor the people that are alive at the time. We also have that ability as artists, as small artists now to do just the same thing, what you did. Right. And with, with issues and things that, that we care about and we can get that out there and people can see. And yeah, the great, you know, the great big films are fantastic and they're fun to go see, but this is the type of stuff that is important to us as a society. If we want to continue to grow and, and get closer together as people. I mean, we saw what 2020 brought. Uh, it brought a lot of hardship, but it also brought a lot of growth as a society and, and protest can- and activism to yeah. activism. Yeah. I think now is in a point where, we if our voices need to be heard they will be heard you know Mm -hmm. and you have to go out and start the discussion and start the conversation because if you don't you're gonna be brought back to the dark ages and we're gonna be just cycling through this endlessly and that's exactly what alice street does is it brings up this conversation about you know Mm -hmm. yes we do need to move forward but at the same time there's so much that we have to be careful of when we're moving forward yeah Mm -hmm. Because you're then, dealing with that's kind of like my whole long point out of all of that. If that I, know, I love, I love it. Uh, I love the comparison, and as well as kind of bringing up, you know, that yeah, um, these small stories and community-based stories are important, you know. And if we just watch Netflix for all of our content and Hulu, you know, we're missing out on a lot mm-hmm. of these great projects that kind of slip maybe slip through the cracks, 
you know, so I'm glad that, you know, you you and your your work that you're kind of putting a spotlight on these projects. It's important, yeah. you know, and, and one thing I would bring up is that we've kind of gone about our distribution phase of the film in a very non-traditional way, you know, yeah. um, I think we were really lucky to get so much film festival interest and we played in, you know, like 25 festivals around the wow. country and a bunch of international mm. um, screenings, but we also did this impact tour with the film, which is not like, you know, brand new, but um, people are doing this more and more, right. With documentaries where they're setting up social impact tours mm. to bring the film to the communities where they can really be helpful Right. and establishing conversations within those communities so we um, we've got a couple of grants again to to bring the film on a social impact tour in california um and we did that over the last summer which was a very interesting time to be you know, a say, film yeah around. for sure <laughs> um we did a lot of outdoor screenings you know and projected in la we were in uh, santa Ana. we were in oxy um college we were in um we were at this um, uh, graduate school uh, for um, psychotherapists. Uh, we did like a very kind of non-traditional tour with the film, but it created so much conversation in all of these cities. And to me, that's like super satisfying, right? Mm. It's one thing to make a great film and like sell it off to Hulu and then hope that it gets seen, you know, on some random platform somewhere. But I think by doing this work where it was very hard and labor intensive, but also super rewarding to make cold calls to nonprofit organizations in like 15 cities. But we got such incredible response. Like as soon as the people kind of heard about the story and what it was about, um, they wanted to do something together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we collaborated with multiple organizations in each city. They set up the, the screening. They set up the panel discussion. And these incredibly vibrant conversations were had all over about topics that were raised in the film, about you know, the importance in public art, of engaging community in a deep way, um, how, how to learn about community benefit agreements and how to fight against gentrification in your city. So the impact tour, I think, is just a, as a model, is just super interesting to me as an independent documentary filmmaker. Mm -hmm. um, we built curriculum around the film to be able to be used in, in classrooms and we're getting a lot of educational screenings through that. Um, and I think, you know, there's just a lot of market out there beyond just what, you know, this idea of like the big five and, you know, the way people can, you know, are getting their stories out there. And to me, it's, it's so much more satisfying than just mm -hmm. like selling it off and hoping that people watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think with documentary film that gives you such a great medium to do that and really start those conversations and get the word out there to all different types of communities mm -hmm. to that are that may be affected by this particular same issue or are like facing it even you know so or they're not aware of it or know, they're not aware on. of it too that's they're, the thing mm -hmm. that's the beautiful thing about film too is that it starts the conversation you know it's it's an art form you know any art form like the the great thing about artists is we question what's wrong in the world and we try to put it into our art and we hope to god that someone's listening and they go okay let's talk about this and like what's bothering you you know type of thing or like right. how can we how can we make this better you know and 
I, I think any artist uh, wants to make the world a better place, I would say, hopefully, you know, so and I, I think that really comes through in this film because it's it's uh, a great way to show community and and the blending of cultures and also how to really start the conversation and also how to um, better this the world and and also to try to uh you know also shed light on mural art as well because i yeah. think that's that was like i didn't really know too much about mural art until i you know because i would see mural art a lot from growing up in philadelphia and stuff oh, yeah. and and even in philly you know it's very similar to oakland where you know it's a blending you know the history is in there because you have your his, historical figureheads portrayed in the mural itself and the artists are trying to keep that history alive and mm -hmm. i always thought that was a really cool thing rather than just tagging a building and you know and it's there and then like it gets painted over and such but um you know with with mural art you have like almost like a indelible lasting i mean it's 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 a painting basically and just on a building you know <laughs> so <laughs> you hope it's lasting and lasting, yeah. hopefully lasting too. So. Yeah, and not getting well, well, covered up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. The the biggest thing I would say, go, bouncing off what Elliot says, is that you truly have just talking about your background earlier, how you talked about how you know you've worked in the communities and things like that. You can see the love and appreciation in your film just through just through what you you know showed and how you how you went about showing it of how much you truly care about that community and about. Uh, about these these issues that are going on and and like you said you know mm -hmm. that it's being used in classrooms and things like that that's that's incredible like that's like i i have a documentary in the back of my mind that i want to shoot one day because i i just truly truly care about you know what it is and to watch something and know how much you care about it and just see the passion and see mm -hmm. it not only here but on screen it's just it's it's a truly just a beautiful thing so i mean thank you for for creating this and i hope it continues to just be yeah. you know a light uh and and something that people really kind of if they if they haven't realized it and haven't woken up to it that they see that this is something that's ongoing in america and it's going to continue to be an issue that we have in the i mean for probably the foreseeable future at this point so yeah. i just wanted to you know just say that well, thank, thank you, you so much. I mean, that means a lot uh, to hear. Um, and and yeah, it, it, it's kind of um, it's powerful because there's this, there's a line in the film uh, where this woman is talking about the mural, right? Mm -hmm. And basically, she says, you know, the muralist painted the mural, but when they're completed with it, the mural only almost ceases to be theirs. It becomes mm -hmm. the community's. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what, you know, artists, or at least I really hope for uh, the story in this case is that, you know, yes, you know, I'm, I, I was part of making it. It was a whole team effort. It was a tremendous team of um, amazing artists that made this film, but that it kind of like, if it can cease to be mine and kind of go back and become the communities, yeah. like I, I'll feel like that's, you know, I don't know, that's the overall, that's the ultimate goal, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, they then become like the, in a sense, stewards of the story and allow the story to then be, be shared. Um, 
uh, it was a, it was an honor to be inter- be able to interview a lot of these folks, and a lot of these folks that I interviewed have now passed away. You know, mm-hmm. um, who are featured in the film. There's a little memorial at the end of it, um, and so yeah, it was just a tremendous honor to be part of it, and and I hope that it be- can become something that people continue to you know, find joy in and get a little spark of you know fight <laughs> uh, yeah. to go out and, and and do the hard work that they do or you know, learn something new historically or, you know, have a spotlight shown on these um, people who really like, again, like they are the fabric of our city mm-hmm. and their lives are being in some respects, um, you know, or their livelihoods are being threatened because of the changes. So, yeah. um, you know, they need all the spotlight they can get, you know, and I'm glad that the film at least plays some role in doing that. Yeah. And also now the, those that have passed, I mean, th- their legacy is now forever attached to this incredible project, which is, you know, right. that's something super special for their families or their friends or whoever, you know, that is that they've, they've met or known in life. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, one other thing that I was thinking, um, did you have something LA? No, you go. Oh, go okay. Right okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, did you have uh, a specific part of the mural that uh, was your, your favorite? Of of the four four walls, right? Total? Uh four walls, yeah. yeah. You know, um I mean there were actually images that I had shot that were included in the film. So that I have to like say is like it's such an honor to like um let me see right here. Oh, oh, oh. oh right there. Oh, There's right like there. a picture oh. of these kids that are uh-huh. on the left, uh, my left shoulder here. That was just like a photograph of these students who went to a school that was also on the intersection on the corner uh, where the meal was take place. But, you know, um, you know, and okay, so I'll just like use that as an example since you asked such a great question, but, um, (laughs) you know, just the diversity of the kids, right? I mean, that is the city. You have kids of Asian descent, African-American, Latino, like a whole, like the the diversity of the city is what makes Oakland what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of the, it's the third or has for a long time been the third most diverse city in the country, you know, like probably Philadelphia, you know, and L.A., you know, it's, it's, that's what makes the city so rich, yeah. the diversity, you know, and I think that's one of the, the things that stands out for me. Also, um, on my right shoulder here, you have um, the guy with the drum in the red and white. Mm-hmm. That's Carlos Aceituno. He was actually, a, um, I, I learned for a little while Brazilian drumming and went to mm-hmm. classes at the Moronda oh, Cascola Center before I started the film. Um, and he was my teacher uh, before he oh. passed away. Um, and just incredible, um, you know, artists. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, things like it's very, per- it's like personal, you know what yeah. I mean? It became personal. You know these people, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, seeing the mirror also, like, I could just probably talk about it all day. There's yeah. so many great imagers. Um, but I think that the image, the, the certain depictions just really just jump off, um, off the wall to me uh, because of who they were or are, um, or, you know, because of the circumstances around which they were painted. But um yeah there's a there's a lot of favorite moments yeah and great memories too you know and memories attached to them. Yeah. yeah yeah well spencer we can't thank you enough for your time before we let you go uh where can we check out the check out the the film alice street yeah so alicestreetfilm.com um it's um like i said we're getting ready to actually do uh broaden our impact tour that was like this very successful impact tour in california we're broadening it nationally so we are looking right now at art houses and museums and 
community spaces around the country to kind of bridge with and um, set up screenings. So keep an eye out for, for that impact tour, Alice Street Impact Tour, National Impact Tour in 2022. Um, and we have a big tour coming up in Chicago next week. We're going to be in uh, Vancouver um, in early 2022, um, San Jose. So a lot of screenings coming up. Um, but I would say, you know, just keep an eye on our, our website, uh, for updates and, uh, yeah, hopefully we land some sort of like great streaming deal down the line <laughs> uh, where it can be made available. But, um, for now we're really going for this kind of grassroots community-based, um, impact tour. Um, so, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I love that because that's literally what Alice Street is. The film itself, the whole story yeah. is about the community. So the fact that you're going that route to give the film back to everyone is is an incredible thing. And and one last question for you: Do you have anything uh, on the on the horizon that you might be working on? Anything coming up? I know you're going to be busy with with all this impact tour and everything going on, but anything else on the horizon? Yeah, you know, I'm working on some great projects right now. Um, a short film. Um, that actually chronicles the mural that took place after Alice Street, okay. um, which is a pretty interesting kind of like next chapter in the story. We're doing a short um, about that, you know, they win this big community benefit agreement, you know, um, with the developer um, uh, on this particular intersection that funded a new mural. And that's mm -hmm. uh, the topic of a new a new short film. Mm -hmm. uh, I have another um, feature that I'm working on right now, um, also very much based in Oakland, based in culture and dance um, and history. Yeah. Uh, and another uh, feature I'm kind of partnering with uh, another filmmaker who's working on a, a film called called The Store. Um, so, yeah, I'm still just working on these doc projects and keeping it keeping it moving, you know. Um, enjoying the process and learning a lot as I go. Um, but yeah, thanks so much again for the opportunity to talk. Thank about you for being it. here, yeah. Spencer. And thank you for talking with us about your film, Alice Street. For sure, Spencer, if we're ever in Oakland, we'll definitely come come pay a visit and take a look at it. But everybody, this was Spencer Wilkinson, director, editor, and cinematographer for Alice Street. Go check it out right now on the website, or maybe you're around in one of the areas they're going to be touring around in go see it there but spencer we can't thank you enough thank you so much and enjoy your holiday season you guys as well thank you for the opportunity if you like this episode make sure to follow us on social media at film detectives for further news and upcoming shows join us next week as we explore filmmakers from around the world thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.